This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann. I'm not in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin today. I'm at work. I'm at Otago Polytechnic in central Dunedin. And I am joined from Fukutani by Mawera Karatai. Kura Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How are you? I'm very well. How did you get through the weekend? Uh, I got through it on two wheels in the sunshine. How's Jack? <laughs> He's... He's actually really well. Uh, he uh, had a ride with me yesterday, um, just an easy ride, uh, just to be out in the sun. And, yeah, so his COVID experience so far has not been too terrible, luckily. Hooray for that. Long may that yeah. continue. And who are we introducing today? It's my great pleasure to introduce Stephen Field today. Uh, Stephen is also uh, in Dunedin. Um, and uh, a, a number of hats, a musician, um, has had some pretty cool jobs over his career and currently uh, is um, taking on the challenge of putting the right people in their right homes. And I think that's a really nice approach to real estate. It's a joy to have you here, Stephen. Thanks for joining us today. No problem, Marua. Thank you for having me here with you. Kia ora, Stephen. Where are you, Stephen? I am in my office in Roslyn at the Bailey's Metro headquarters. Some nice cafes around there. I know, it's great. I'm just looking out my window at the, the old post office, which is a beautiful historic building. And just along the road, yeah, is uh, Coffee Culture and there's Rhubarb. There is Luna. It's a good little village, actually. I love it. And we've been asking people how their bubble life was. And, of course, that's part of that's turning into history now. But how was your bubble life? Bubble life was, uh, yeah, that's right. It seems like a long time ago now that we were in bubbles. Um, I had my partner with me in my bubble, so it wasn't too lonely. Um, really, very much appreciated having him there. Uh, yeah, all good. And how did the how did selling houses go during the lockdown? <clears throat> So this is the 2019 lockdown? Yeah. Basically, the shop was shut. So we couldn't show people through properties and the only um, people that only properties were selling were those that the buyer was happy to buy sight unseen or there was a video or sort of a 3D tour representation of the property or they had seen the property prior to the lockdown. Uh, so I did sell properties during lockdown, but a lot of my vendors were basically, um, I, we know we had to explain that uh, it's unlikely that the property would sell at that time. Did people move? Uh, no, it was um, people weren't allowed to move. So what, no. what happened? So to, what? 
What happened for 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 dates that were arranged? Did it just all go so on hold? Be, yeah, they did. Yep. So that all the settlements were delayed until we were out of lockdown. And now, you know, since then, we've got a further term of sale in all of our sale and purchase agreements that allows for for this. So um, it's delayed. You know, if there was this future settlement, any settlements now um, would be delayed if there was another lockdown to 10 working days until we're allowed, personal movements allowed again. And after the lockdown, while we're all enjoying the first lockdown, we're all enjoying not rushing around being being crazy things, but we all all did rush back around to being crazy things. Did people rush back to buying houses as usual? They did, actually. So all the predictions were uh, prices were going to drop, it's going to be a disaster for real estate, and um, economists were predicting... uh, you know, negative impacts from the pandemic. But actually, in fact, it was the opposite and values rose dramatically after that. And um, it seemed to have had, a, in some strange way, a positive impact on um, real estate. I suppose for some time people were actually in their houses. So they were either looking at them thinking, this is a nice place to be or this isn't a nice place to be, but being, being aware of what they wanted, perhaps. Yeah, I think there's an element of that. Definitely, yeah. Looking at being stuck in their homes, going, oh, actually, I really hate this about my house. <laughs> I wish I had X, Y, Z. Yeah. Are you people that are buying homes now? Are they more explicitly looking for places that they can work from home? There is a factor. There is that um, factor there now where people are uh, understanding that they can work from home a lot more and. It's meant that lifestyle properties have a bit of a greater have greater appeal, I think. Especially people that have been living in maybe apartments in bigger cities, um, they realise well actually I could work from home and have all the space around me to enjoy my life in. Yeah, and people are wanting the home office, you know, separate room. Yeah. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Rain Radio and DJ. Craig Gorman, talk about. Can you talk about this one? Why this one? Oh, I just like the um, way they've chopped up that vocal into the chorus and it's not words anymore. It just, I guess, um, and also it's a bit of a mashup of that TLC, I think it's TLC, Let's Talk About Sex Baby from the 90s, which is one of my eras. I think it's, it harks back to that. Um, yeah, just grabbed me. I like it.
I know that, that you're a musician um, and that you spent some time as a gardener and I'm sure you've done a lot of other things and now you're in real estate and so you've got two incredibly creative things and then real estate, which I've never really thought of as a creative kind of pursuit, but perhaps I'm wrong and mm. you, you're, you're the part that, you, you know, that makes me think I'm wrong. How, how did you make that transition into that space? Uh, really great question. So I was a gardener prior to moving to real estate and was a gardener in Dunedin for about six years, six and a half years. And um, I just was, you know, I was heading towards 50 years old and I thought I don't want to be 50 and, and carrying heavy machinery around and lifting big wool bags of weeds and um, out in the cold. And I thought I need a change. And I bought and sold a number of properties just as a part of you know my life um, and every time I dealt with the agent I always thought wow I could do that <laughs> probably do it better <laughs> and I got to a point where I was actually you know able to and someone said to me you'd be a good real estate agent many years ago and that seed was planted and I finally was at a point in 2015 where I could pursue that and um I kept the gardening going for about the first eight months because, you know, when you're starting something new, it's not guaranteed to succeed. And in the end, um, I was in the garden doing deals on my hands and knees, having to take my, my gloves <laughs> off, and I just the gardening got in the way of the real estate. So I had to um, hand on my gardening clients onto another gardener. And um, that's the history there of that one. Mm. How did... How did you, um, is, is there a creative element to the work that you do in real estate? Because you strike me as a creative person. So is there is there something about it that exercises that creative need in you? Absolutely. So um, with real estate, there are so many decisions to be made all the time and everyone's circumstances are different, whether they're the vendor or the buyer, and all the properties are different, so they have their different issues. And you definitely need to have a creative mind because you've got to be able to find solutions to all these different scenarios and situations, and it's not always straightforward, and sometimes you've got to think outside square a little bit um, to find solutions and resolutions. Um, also, you know, when you're negotiating, between a vendor and a purchaser that involves some creativity sometimes. Uh, so I think it is helpful to, to be creative. Mm. When I was reading about your approach to your practice, um, the one thing that came through really strongly was that you're really driven by a desire to put people in their right home. For you, it's not just a case of, oh, yep, you want to buy a house here, here's a house you are all about the relationship to the house. And I really, I really admired that. Is that one of the things that's leading to your success, do you think, or does it make it more difficult? Uh, I think that that's certainly a fact because, uh, you know, with real estate, it's a little bit like um, a jigsaw puzzle and matching buyers with sellers. And uh, I think that the one of the reasons for my success has been my intense focus on my clients needs so every step of the way when there's a decision to be made um, my first 
thought is what's going to be best for my client. It's not about me at all. It's what's going to benefit my client. Um, and that's sort of driven every um, everything that I do. Um, and my catchphrase has been improving your life through property. And so, again, it's about improving whether you're a vendor or a purchaser, improving your life through property. So whether you might be a first-home buyer looking to be a homeowner or uh, a single old woman with a rattling around in her big house or and, you know needing to downsize or a family that's um, outgrown their home, whatever it is, um, it's about your life, you know, being, you know, improving your life through real estate. Where's that person-centered practice come from for you? Do you know what? I think it could be from the gardening because that was a real client-focused job, and um, with that, I was you know weeding, pruning, spraying, mulching, trimming. Um, making the garden beautiful basically and I always in that job I always thought well if I was if it was my garden what would I want it to look like you know what would I want to be done today and so you know when I spent my morning at the property I'd look back and think okay yeah that looks really good I'm happy with that if I was the person who owned this garden I'd be happy with how the garden's looking today not to think it's I've spent my money well by getting Stephen in to do that for me today you know um, maybe that just translated through to the real estate. Hmm. When you when you're looking around a house that you're preparing for sale, do you can you help yourself? Do you do you get your sleeves rolled up in the garden? Uh, yes, I. You know what? When I was a new real estate agent, I used to do a lot of gardening for my clients and. Um, <sighs> But now I actually haven't got time. <laughs> I, I don't do that anymore. But it was something that I did initially, for probably the first um, yeah, two or three years. Uh, but I've decided that my, I've stopped doing that and uh, my time's better focused, um, you know, directly with the marketing of the property. And, you know, if the house needs a gardener, we can get someone else to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you must still have that vision of what what – what could oh, be done to the garden yeah. and, and and how it would oh, make a difference. Oh, totally. Yeah, sorry. I might have misread your question there. So um, I used to do it myself, hands-on, on the Saturday, do the garden. But definitely now I'm able to help the vendor. I'm, you know, I say, oh, look, that's actually a weed, that plant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you could do with trimming the hedge or um, maybe you could spray this plant, you know, spray for the weeds, something like that or the type of mulch to use or what to use, you know, what type of pebble to use, that sort of thing. Yeah. Does the garden make Does, much of a difference to the, the sale? Really good question. So what I've found is that people are buying a property mainly for the house, okay? So that's the, that's the primary thing, especially in Dunedin where you don't really spend a whole lot of time outside, Um Definitely, as far as presentation goes, it's like presentation is super important. So we want the garden to be well presented. But if someone says to me, oh, should I install a great big courtyard there with a fire pit and everything like that, you know, to prepare for sale, I probably wouldn't, I probably would not say, yeah, go and do that. Um, but definitely 
if the hedges need trimmed or the lawns need mowed and there's weeds growing, I'd 100% say, yeah, we need to address that. Um, especially at the front yard because your first impressions are important. Mm. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, now aroha nui kia koutou, koutahoho. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universes. And I really hope wherever you are, whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day, who you are triumph of nature's art perfect unique and here making things better thank you now i know that for all of us for the last more than two years we've had to deal with so much change and really this is hard for us as a species we like things to stay the same and part of dealing with change and facing change is grieving for the things that we've lost and it's so important that we give ourselves and each other as much care and compassion as possible as we navigate this process and the new realities that we find ourselves having to deal with each day. I know for myself much has changed in my life over this time and Whilst I'm so grateful for all the learning, I know it's also important to share my feelings of suffering and turmoil as things have changed around me and in my life. Of course, each experience that comes to us can herald and offer deep learning if we choose to turn our perspective in that direction and I know for me I have learned so much over the last more than two years and for all of us who were in quite a stable situation before these changes started taking place the very lack of that stability means that we must find other sources to provide it and of course we always have the stability and the peace within which can be accessed and can be enjoyed at any time. This inner sanctuary, this place of peace, this place of love where we unconditionally accept and care for ourselves is so important to be able to go into whenever we need to. And by the same token, extend to others, empathise and see ourselves in others, empathise and see the things we love reflected back to us in others, release that sense of otherness and embrace that sense of oneness with all life and appreciate the work that all life is doing, constantly contributing our shared experience. I feel very grateful of course to be part of this show and I'm so so forever indebted 
to Sam and the whole Blown Bubbles team for having me and to all of you. And being part of this show has helped me immensely over this time that we've shared together. And I know that for each one of you, you will have had your own adventures and trials and learnings and ways in which you've grown and ways in which you've understood the world anew thanks to this time that we've shared. So I really hope for you that you're having the opportunity to find ways to feel really proud and feel really accomplished to look back on this time and see how far you've come and also to find opportunities to share with others as the show does so beautifully the experiences that you've had and what you've learned from them. Thank you again for having me and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Stephen Field. Stephen, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last couple of years. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? We've seen a lot more reliance on technology and things, you know, e-commerce and, you know, food and products being delivered. Um, Also, I think, you know, meetings have become more digital and uh, I'd like to see... I think that people have missed the the face-to-face interaction through COVID. And um, I think that I'd like to see more people going out and about and going to bars and restaurants and and acting on that sense that I've missed that social interaction. Not sure if that's really answered the question. Prompted me to think of a couple of questions. One of them is the: Are people comfortable now having people go around their houses, and you know, are open homes working? Yeah, they absolutely are. Yep. So, we've, the Real Estate Institute has um, implemented guidelines right throughout pandemic, and they've changed with the different alert levels and um, the traffic light system, and they've been really conservative and really very much maintaining um, health and safety protocols for to keep the you know, community safe. And um, right now people are really happy to be attending open homes and when we had the Vax Pass system, vendors had the option of choosing whether they um, whether people that came to their property needed to have a Vax Pass or not. And actually all of my vendors um, were happy to have both, you know, all, all parties through, whether they were vaccinated or not. So I thought that was um, an interesting decision, that they all were happy with that. I guess they thought that their best buyer might be unvaccinated, so that's what they were maybe thinking there. You talked about the, the technology, and, and of course we've all been using much more um video conference type technology has it pushed a bit of the development of the the 3d walkthrough sort of technology for for people having being able to experience houses without actually being there yeah i think it has actually um i i tend to encourage my vendors to provide a 3d walkthrough because 
even if you're a local person and able to view the property multiple times, you might attend an open home and be there for 15 to 20 minutes. And we're expecting you to, to pay, you know, 500000 to $2 million on something you've only spent half an hour with. <laughs> you might spend longer buying some shoes. <laughs> and so with the 3D tour, it enables people to really basically revisit the home from the comfort of their home or, or workplace. And they might get home and think, oh, was there a wardrobe in that room? Or where was the heat pump? And with the 3D tour, they can really look around and, and answer those questions. With, whereas just with the photos or a video, it's a bit harder to do that. So I really like that technology. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have Lost Frequencies and Callum Scott with Where Are You Now? Why this one? It's just this, it actually does get stuck in my head and I find myself humming it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's actually, this song is about that as well. So, yeah, I thought it was quite clever. Um, uh, Yeah, it's one of the songs that I'd turn up if it was, if it came on, I'd turn it up. Mm. You're just like my favorite song going round, round my head. Like my favorite song going round, round my head. Five days on the freeway, riding shotgun with you. Two hearts in the fast lane, we had big dreams in blue. Playing sweet child of mine, and I still feel that line. Where are you now? Where are you now? Hey, it's been too long, too long ago, my love. Where did we go wrong? Too late to turn around. Where are you now? Where are you now? Hey, it's been too long. You're just like my favorite song going round round my head Like my favorite song going round around my head You're just like my favorite song going round around my head Like my favorite song going round around my head before that you don't really think about the the future you, you maybe think about it but you don't try and predict it mm. but in terms of like selling people or working with people buying houses or, or, or them selling houses 
it's all about the future because it's about them imagining themselves living in it. Sure. Is that yeah. an inherently positive thing to be doing? You must have to have a positive mindset. You must have to have a positive way of engaging people and thinking about the future. Yeah, I think I do. Yes. I, you know, we're, as, a, as a real estate salespeople, we're told to be positive because people like to engage with positive people. Um, but other than that, I, you know, when I'm marketing a property, I like to highlight the benefits and positive aspects of a property um, in a property description or like the write-up. I would never mention anything negative about a property, of course. Um, and, you know, when people say to me, oh, no, I don't want to buy a house yet because I'm worried that we're buying it at the height of the market and it might drop in value, um, I just say to them, look, what could you have bought for five hundred thousand dollars five years ago and it was a lot more than they could have bought today or 10 years ago or let's say 50 years ago what could or in the 1970s what could you have bought for five hundred thousand dollars you know and when we if you look out through the history of the world or certainly new zealand as well and western civilization property values have always gone up it's almost like it's a given there's been little blips like around the GFC where values um, reduced for um, up to five years. But certainly I think if there's one thing that you can trust will happen in the future is that your property value will increase over time. Mm. And I think that's why it's such a strong investment for people. You know, when share markets and things like that struggle or have crashes, what benefits property? Because bricks and mortar are seen as a safe investment. The, the theme of our show is positive but not deluded. And it's just occurred to me that you must have to tread that balance quite carefully That because you're, you're not able to only sell the positive stuff. If, there's a, if you've got a house that's got a, a, a smelly fist factory right next door or something, you can hardly pretend yeah. it's not there. Sure. So you must have to yeah. balance that somehow. What, what can we learn from how you manage to do that? Um, so when there's a property with a problem or a defect, uh, we have to disclose those things and the buyer must be made aware of them, but we're not going to advertise them. <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, so it's about, I guess, yeah, we'll focus on the positives and if there are problems and defects, then the vendor's expectation or the, the um the, the value that the market reacts positively there at there is going to reflect that. Mm. So, so you're not you're not in like a cuckoo land, but you're not focusing on those negative things. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I have some questions to end the show, and not very much time, so we're going to have to wriggle through them. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Uh, so for me, um, it's a, I, I, I judge my success in my, the happiness of my clients. And I've helped um, over 250 people in the last 12 months buy or sell property. And they've all been really happy. And so I just feel like I'm doing something right because I'm able to satisfy their needs and their wants. Um, 
and I've I sold over I sold sixty two properties in the last tax year, and I feel like um, I must be doing something right again because people are coming to me, are calling me to help them with their property to with their property needs. Um, Selling properties valued at over $2 million is a uh, um, little bit of a personal highlight because there aren't very many in Dunedin. And um, so I've sold a, a number of those. And my highest sale was just at the end of last year in the um, upwards of one, of upwards of 2.5. So that was a bit of a highlight, I suppose, in the last 12 months. Um, yeah. That's a lot of happy people. What's your superpower? Um, probably listening more than I talk, maybe. You know, that whole thing of having two ears and one mouth, I, I definitely like to think about that as um, important. Yeah, just, you know, people think of real estate agents as real, you know, chatty and um, really super gregarious, but I'm, I, you know, I'm quite a quiet person and, um, you know, very thoughtful and I like to listen more than I talk and I think people like that. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? No. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Love loving my job. So um when I was a gardener I was very tired by the time I got to you know the end of the day and I'd sleep really, really well. But I wake up in the morning and kind of have to drag myself out of bed, especially if it was middle of winter and raining and frosty or cold, you know, really cold. But now I just I get out of bed and think, wow, I wonder what this day is going to bring because you just actually don't know in real estate. You might get that phone call that says, hey, can you sell my house, please? Or the buyer that brings it says, hey, I love that one. I want to make an offer. Um, and I look forward to every week and just, yeah, um, anticipate what, cool stuff could happen in that week. Hmm. What is the biggest challenge or opportunity that you're looking forward to in the next year or so? The biggest challenge is the change in the market. And so we've moved from a seller's market now and it's balanced and tending towards a buyer's market. So it's um, navigating that and adjusting to, the, to that shift and it's quite a significant shift. Um, and I've made the decision not to be frightened, but to be fascinated by that. Opportunities, I think that re represents an opportunity too, because people are going to want to seek agents that are that are getting the results, that are actually selling the properties, because there are going to be a lot that are not able to um, adjust with this change and they maybe won't sell their properties. I think there's opportunity in there. Hmm. I do like that decision to be fascinated, not frightened. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Be thankful. Every day, make a, be thankful for five things that, um, you know, that you think are good aspects of your life and focus on those. Thank you for that. Mawera. Stephen, you've just got such a great attitude. Um, I really love that you are so 
person-centered in your practice. I think that's the, the big thing that's come out of our court at all today is, um, is that you are about the people that you serve, not about serving yourself. And, um, and I admire and respect that about you. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure listening to you speak. Kilda. Oh, thank you. It was a bit nerve-wracking, but I enjoyed it in the end. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Good to meet you guys. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.